0: You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered.
1: B-A-T-L-E-S,
0: Eagles. This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one.
1: Hurts. Heave. Do First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles.
0: All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by Believe Podcast Network and sponsored by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, they'll match your initial deposit up to 50% on BetOnline.ag when you use promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Head on over to the website, win some money with Ed and I. You'll enjoy it this time around because Eagles, Ed, are 5-0. So if you want to make some money off the Eagles and winning the games – their schedule's looking pretty favorable, and they're winning well. So head online to BetOnline.ag and bet on the Eagles with us because we're, we're winning some money doing so. So co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Kras as always. Ed, you know, this Eagles team, I'm going to start this off saying, I'll let you get into it. You know, a lot of people are talking about this win, you know, the twenty 2017 victory over the Cardinals. It was a very hard-fought battle. The Eagles won at the end by a missed field goal attempt by the Cardinals' backup kicker, Matt Amendola. And everybody's nitpicking, you know, what was the game plan? What was the play calls? It was, it was, a, it was an ugly game. It was, you know, but it was a win. That's all that matters to me. And, you know, this team reminds me so much of everybody likes to compare it to the Eagles 2017 team and see how they're, what that team's like to compare to this team. But this team's nothing like that team, Ed. I'm going to tell you why. This team reminds me of the 2013 Seattle Seahawks when Russell Wilson was in his second year starting. He led them to a Super Bowl victory against the Denver Broncos. But, why this team reminds me so much of that team is because of how they play their football. Uh, those Seahawks were very, very good on the ground that year. And they relied on their secondary to lock down the passing attack to win games. And their passing uh, defense was number one, in the NFL, the Eagles is number five. And it's only going to get better with the, if you look at the rest of the schedule, as the season goes on and James Bradbury and Darius Slay and, and Maddox get more time to gel together. It's only going to get better. So, The the Seahawks had Richard Sherman, they had Brandon Browner, and they had Jeremy Lane. An insanely good trio with the safeties, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. Now, that's what led them to the number one pass defense. Russell Wilson, I don't want to say he managed games because I think he still played pretty fairly well, but he didn't do anything stupid. He had four turnovers in the first five games of the season. Jalen Hurts has two. He had eight total touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has seven. But they took care of it on the ground with Marshawn Lynch. Russell Wilson also ran the ball very well. He ran it over for 200 yards his first five games. Same thing as Jalen Hurts. That team is nice. If you compare those teams, Ed, very, very similar how they play football. They defeat you on the ground. And if they can't defeat you on the ground or you at least game plan against the defeat you on the ground, Russell Wilson beats you with his arm with Doug Baldwin, uh, Percy Harvin, and Jermaine Kearse or Sidney Rice as well. Throw that in there. Well, the Eagles, if you try to stop them on the ground, well, guess what? H.E. Brown, Dallas, Goddard, Devontae Smith, Quas, Wagens, gets to smack you in the mouth. And their defense is going to stop you from passing on them. Say what you will about what the front seven has been doing and generating pressure and, you know, be critical of John the Gannon all you want. They're letting up 17 points per game. You know, I'll take that any year from a defense. Any year, especially in this passing area league. So when I watch that team and I watch them grind out that victory against the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm like, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't the best victory, but that, that 2013 Seattle Seahawks team that went 13-3 and won the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning through 55 touchdowns that year, they got no publicity. That Seattle Seahawks team got no publicity because of what Peyton Manning was doing. He was breaking records. Same thing with his Eagles. Eagles are 5-0. and Nobody talks about them. They talk about the Bills being the best roster and the Chiefs being the best roster. They don't, they don't give the Eagles the credit. They're saying they're beating easy teams. That's fine. Keep saying it. Because you have slept on those Seattle Seahawks team. With their second-year starting quarterback, all the new pieces that they had. Pete Carroll is still adjusting to this new team that he assembled. And they won a the Super Bowl because they didn't put any expectations on them. They didn't everybody forgot about them. They let them continue playing their brand of football and it worked for them. And not only yeah, did it work, Ed, here's something that's gonna really make Eagles fans happy. It was sustainable. They went to a Super Bowl the following year. You know how hard it is, the NFL, to go to back-to-back Super Bowls? It's nearly impossible. The reason why we still talk about that Bills team that lost four Super Bowls straight is because they went to four Super Bowls straight. It's not possible. It's really not supposed to happen in this league. So not only is that formula and method of building your team didn't work for Seattle, it worked to build them a continuous contender year in and year out. Eagles are following the same method. Not only are they following the same method, they have extra draft capital to work on with, too. I like where this is heading. I really do. I think this 5 0 start is not a flu. I think this is the start of something great that they built starting from last year. So when I remind, when everybody talks about, oh, this team is so like the 2017 team, no, it's not. It's really not. It's a completely different brand of football. And it's more of a brand of football, what that 2013 Seattle Seahawks team was doing. So for everybody that's nitpicking and saying, oh, well, you know, they barely beat the Cardinals, the schedule isn't that favorable. They won the Super Bowl off of an unfavorable schedule when it was really an easy to schedule. Not only that, so did the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks back in 2013, and they were winning the same type of football the Eagles did, and they weren't getting the recognition to do so either, and then they went into the Super Bowl and dismantled a record-breaking Peyton Manning who threw 55 touchdowns that year. They won 43-8. to eight. I'm telling you, Ed, this magic is real. This team is real. They, they really do remind me of the 2013 Seattle Seahawks, especially with that pass defense.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's good. Uh, good show prep there. The 2013 Seahawks. That's certainly way beyond my <laughs> remembrance skills. Because
0: um, you know when they were established, yeah. lob they were so dominant stopping the pass, and that's what really won them games. Yeah, look what the Eagles are doing right now. They're top five in pass defense. They're stopping the pass. When you stop the pass in this era of football, you're going to be a championship caliber team.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it helps to have some help when you're stopping the pass. You know, it happens with other teams, too. I mean, quarterbacks will sometimes overthrow their target or miss, you know, miss who they're throwing to, and we saw Kyler Murray do that. You know, he had Zach Ertz open deep once. Mm -hmm. He overthrew him. He had, you know, Marquise Brown.
0: uh, You want to hear a funny story? Yeah. You know how we're I'm good friends with the show with Nick Ertz, Zach Ertz's brother, great friends. I talk almost all the time. Uh, I talked to him after the game and I'm like, Yeah, uh, Zach Ertz has the best body language. You can read Zach Ertz's body language from if you're Helen Keller, to be honest with you. <laughs> he, at the end of the game, I don't know if you noticed this, they're, they're giving out handshakes and everything, and he's seeing everybody, but short and sweet with Zach Ertz with everybody. Short and sweet. It wasn't like Doug Peterson. It wasn't like Carson Wentz. It was short and sweet with everybody. And I'm like, I know why. That guy is a competitor. That guy knew he had the Eagles. He knew he had them. He did everything in his power to win that game for the Arizona Cardinals, and it wasn't him. It was Kyler. So I reach out to Nick, and I'm like, man, you know, I I read in Zach's body language. I could tell that he thought he had the Eagles, and he's mad that the game was lost because it wasn't him that lost it. It was other circumstances. And he goes, man, he went up to Kyler during the game and told him, I'm open in the middle of the field. I have the advantage over TJ Edwards. What's going on? Why aren't you throwing it to me? And Kyler told him, I can't see you verbatim I can't see you now when you're an Eagles fan and you want to start talking about Jalen Hurts in the middle of the field you want to criticize that just remember there's some franchise quarterback out there that's going to pay 250 million they can't even see the middle of the field mm-hmm. it is a struggle for a quarterback to see the middle of the field yeah. and Hurts is getting better in that aspect but when we want to keep criticizing that just let you know there's a franchise quarterback in Arizona that's going to pay 250 million that they're going to commit to for the next 10 so years and he's going to be good for them still and he can't even see the middle of the field. So.
1: Yeah, it's good, good, uh, good story there. He he did hit Ertz over the middle of the field, the one play that I can remember, and Marcus Epps broke it up. A Nice play by Marcus Epps, who just you know continues to, you know, play well week in and week out. In my opinion, he's played every single snap for the Eagles this year. He's the only player on defense to do that. Two hundred and fifty-four snaps, I believe it is, and Marcus Epps has been on the field for every single one of them. Um, and, and James Bradbury's only missed two snaps. Chauncey Gardner Johnson who got here the last day of August, he's only missed two snaps. I mean, you know, this is a defense that uh, has consistency, you know, in that back end, you know, they have guys that are playing well. Darius Slay played all hundred percent of the snaps in Arizona. So, yeah, when you talk about pass defense, I mean, that's a big part of it. They have some good stability back there and um, they like what they're getting from those guys and it all works together with your pass rush and your coverage. Right. I mean, the less time a Q quarterback has to throw, the better it is for the coverage. The more coverage you provide, the better it is for the pass rush to get home. So Eagles are getting that on all fronts. Now I would have liked to have seen them rush Kyler Murray a little bit better uh, this weekend. I mean, I think it was more kind of a mush rush to kind of contain Murray a little bit. And I, I kind of liked the way they did contain him. And every time he got out of the pocket, there was somebody running him down from behind and forcing a throw away or something like that. So And I thought even though they only had the one sack and it was a big one from Hassan Reddick, I thought they played Murray pretty well from a defensive standpoint. I know he got some yards throwing the ball short, you know, a little bit over the middle, but short uh, and the Eagles were able to clamp down on that. They missed some tackles, which was concerning, something we hadn't seen since the opener. Uh, But overall, yeah, they did a nice job on Kyler Murray and Zach Ertz, you know, Zach Ertz, You know, I think I said it in our preview pod last week that he really wanted to go over 100 yards receiving against this team. He was asked that when we had him on a call with the Philly media and he was asked, can you be the first tight end to go over 100 yards since 1989? And uh, he said, yes. And then he paused and he said, I plan on doing it soon. I mean, that to me was like a veiled, not threat, but just kind of a veiled. I don't know what do you want to call it, promise that he was going to do it against Philly and they wouldn't let it happen. They did a good job, I thought, against Zach Ertz and not letting him really beat them. And you can say Murray didn't see him or whatever, but fact is, is they they didn't get him the ball as much as I think Zach Ertz would have liked, and that was to the Eagles' benefit. Um, they they did a good job uh, defensively, even though like we were used to that nine sacks against Wentz in Week Three, Week Four they forced five turnovers. They get one from Kyler Murray. They don't take advantage of it. The offense goes three and out after Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's pick. But, uh, you know, I thought overall they did a good job. Like you said, it's all about points allowed, and they only gave up 17 of them, and that's that's pretty good to do when you're in somebody else's building, and you can hold them under 20.
0: And They had opportunities to sack Kyler. They just missed. Josh what rings a bell. He had Kyler in his grass and missed. I mean, Kyler's that, – that's why he's the magician. That's why you call him Magician Kyler. He, he can slip out of those tackles. He's hard to break down. You know, give credit to your opponent when you can. And yeah. I'm going to do so right now with Vance Joseph called a masterful game for that Arizona Cardinals defense. He really did. And I know everybody wants to, you know, Shane you, what are you doing? What's up with these play calls? Which I, I, I will take that criticism this week. I think there was, there is some uh, criticism to be had for um, some of the play calling because, you know, they're down Jordan mulata Jack Driscoll is making his first official start left tackle. Landon Dickerson is hobbled for the majority of the game. You have Sue Peto, who wasn't really expecting to play in there. And then you have Jason Kelsey, not a full at 100 percent because he got banged up in the game. So what do you do when you're Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals? You take advantage of their weakness on their left side of their own line and force Jalen Hurts to third of that side the whole entire game because the weakest side. I thought Vance Joseph called a great game from the Cardinals defensive side. You got to give credit where it's due. You know, we're always quick to blame why aren't they changing things up? Why aren't they doing things different? To me, I thought the Eagles did the best that they could with what they were given. I mean, look, guys, this team is fundamentally built through their trenches. If their trenches are, are impacted in any way, which they were severely impacted in this Arizona Cardinals game, they might not win. That's how, that's how much they rely on these trenches. The fact that they were able to pull this out and win tells me two things. Number one, this is a good football team. Number two, the quarterback is damn good. That's a sign of a good quarterback to overcome all the adversity, overcome all the things hindering you. And it still will your team to victory, I mean, that's a sign of a good young quarterback. It's like we saw Joe Burrow do it last year with the Bengals. We see Lamar do it every year with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they're going to miss some throws. Young quarterbacks miss throws. They don't. It happens. Kyler missed many throws. I just brought it up. Uh, Justin Herbert, I watch him miss throws against the Browns. I see Tom Brady miss throws against the I mean, it happens. You know, throws are missed. You, you're not going to make every throw in the NFL. or unless, And if you do, you'd be the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. So, when I see him miss some couple throws, I'm okay with it because what does Jalen Hurts do continuously? And it's been starting since last year, it's a constant theme. What does he do continuously, week in and week out? He puts his team in position to win. That's a sign of a good young quarterback. And it's not nothing's derailing that at all. And it's also a good sign of a football team to overcome. Look, like I just said, they're built through the trenches. If the trenches are impacted, chances are they don't win that game. The fact that they're able to still pull it out and find a way to win. I don't understand why we're not harping on that positive more than we're harping on the negative—the fact that they barely escaped Arizona. I mean, they haven't won in Arizona since 2001. That curse was real. Say what you will, but it was real. Mm-hmm. And they did it without really using AJ Brown, which you and I thought this is going to be the AJ Brown game. This is going to be the game he takes over, and this is how they won handily. They did it really without AJ Brown. After the first quarter, it was an invisible game for AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, I just think. You know, we can hard I, again. We're, you know, you and I are going to criticize some of the play callings. I think there is some times where we can criticize, but I thought they did what they could with what they were given, and they still found a way to win that way. And that's that's very important to me as the season goes on to tell you what kind of football team they are. Cause, you know, Arizona's two and three, but they're not going to finish under 500. They're too talented. I think they have horrible coaching. If it was for Cliff Kingsbury, and they had a real head coach, I think they would have beat the Eagles with the talent that they had. To be honest with you, with the way that, that game was played, but. They have Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray is kind of a dodo bird too as well. He needs to raise his awareness up a little bit because when you slide after running and you clock it like that, you put your kicker in a bad position no matter what. Yeah. So there is some issues on Arizona that they need to get over their boneheadedness if they want to become the team they're talented enough to become. But at the end of the day, they gave the Eagles all they had and the Eagles still found a way to win without their main left tackle, without their, pro bowl caliber left guard who that's because that's how he's playing this year he's a player at an all-pro level so i'm happy And jc kelsey was banged up so for them to you know find a way to win will their way to victory with all those things again because this card stacked against them and against a good football team because forget the records i think the cardinals on paper are a good football team and i think a lot of people would argue that as well i'm happy yeah i mean
1: you got to be happy with a win you know it really doesn't matter how you win i mean look, look at Look at the Thursday night game going into the weekend. What a what a bad game that was with the Colts, the Field Goal Fest winning 12 to 9 over the Denver Broncos. That was horrible. But yet here are the Colts now. They're in second place in the AFC South. So it really when you look back on this game in December, I mean, who cares how they won? I mean, the fact is they won and that's all that matters, you know. And their their resolve was tested again. Um, they had to come up with some plays late. I know the Eagles defense looked a little gassed in that fourth quarter. Um, they were giving up some plays that, you know, could have stung them in the end. And if Kyler Murray doesn't slide before he gets there, I mean, he could have picked up a few more yards there and made sure he got the first. So that was really a, one of the big plays of the game. You Position
0: yourself to kick. So the kicker keeps it straight instead of on an angle.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. It was uh it was, it was a terrible mistake by him. And um, that was a huge play. Otherwise we're heading in the overtime and, you know, then it becomes a crapshoot at that point. Who knows? Whoever wins the flip might get a touchdown and win. And the Eagles' defense was in no position to go right back out on that field uh, and play defense. Had they sent it to overtime, and the Cards won the toss, so uh, you know, it was just a bad play by Kyler Murray and one of a big, one of a handful of big plays in that game that went the Eagles' way. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, listen, it doesn't matter how you win, you win, and you want to focus on the positive. You know, that that 17-play drive that took almost eight minutes after the Cardinals tied the game at 17-all, I mean, you're not going to see a drive like that very often in the NFL. They, had, they started it with eight straight running plays, uh, and we can get to the criticism on the run here in a minute after I get done dissecting this drive, but eight straight runs, 13 runs overall for I think it was 56 yards of the – I think it was 75 yards or so that they traveled – were, were were on the ground and, you know, they were just chopping them up on the ground on that drive. Of course, the one, another big play in the game was that third and 11 completion to Dallas Goddard for 16 yards. I mean, clearly Goddard is a better tight end at this point than Zach Ertz. There's, there's no denying that he's younger. He's very good with yards after the catch something Zach Ertz hasn't really ever been in his career. Goddard is very good at picking up yards after catch. I think he may have caught that pass right at the first down marker and he was able to oh, stick behind it, feet. behind yeah, it, was, got,
0: he's yeah, behind so. it. He, he got that first down. Yes. Yeah, I, so, I'm agreeing with you completely.
1: Yeah. He didn't go down and wait to be tagged down. He, he kept going and he, I think he balanced himself with his hand on the ground at one point. It was just a great play by Dallas Goddard who made a lot of them. He had a 24 yard catch early, a 13 yard catch. You know, he was a big difference maker in this game. And, you know, he certainly outplayed Zach Ertz in my opinion, as he should, he's five years younger and, you know, playing in a better offense, I think, a, an offense more tailored to getting him the football than maybe the Arizona Cardinals are at getting hurts the football. But, uh, you know, that was a, a huge, huge drive. And would you have liked to have finished it with a touchdown? Absolutely. You know, but you get the kick from the rookie kicker, Cameron Dicker, who shocked me with the way he off the, the football. Figure. Yeah. I mean, he made a 42 yarder in the third quarter that gave the Eagles a touchdown lead that kind of gets overlooked now because he made the big kick. It was only 23 yards, you know, and kudos to the Eagles offense for getting it that far for him to make kind of a chip shot field goal that, you know, your average kicker can make that comes in off the street like Cameron Dicker Um, had Goddard not caught that pass. I think it started at the 36 yard line. So you're looking at fourth and 11, if they don't convert there, and then you're looking at like a 53 or four yard field goal, from Dicker, if he misses it, the Cards are in great field position to go take the lead and probably win the game. Uh, it would have been interesting to see if Nick Sirianni would have gone for it on fourth and 11 or tried a field goal or punted it. I mean, that would have been a good decision to, to watch. I'm glad we didn't have to see it. No, yeah, me too. But, um, you know, Goddard took that decision away from him him and Ertz. Um, and if you want to talk about another positive, Jalen Hurts completed 72% of his passes, all right? This kid has now completed, I think, 68, close to 69 percent of his throws this season in five games. And if you go back and check any pod we've done uh, before the season or early in the season, that to me was how I wanted to see Hertz improve was to increase his completion percentage, which was at 61 percent a season ago. So here he is now seven points or so higher in the completion percentage area than he was last year. And that's great. You know, that's what I wanted to see. And then he makes that throw. I think it was to Devontae Smith, who, oh, by the way, had a career-high 10 catches, kind of goes overlooked as well, only 87 yards, and he got a walloped on a few of those, on those screens that they were throwing. But it's tough, tough. He kept getting up. But Hurts slides a little bit to his left, another area of weakness, right, going to his left. But on this play, I think it was deep in the, you know, their own territory, slides to his left and hits Smith, throwing across his body. And you think, oh, you know, that that's gonna get intercepted or you know, get tipped, but it doesn't. It goes right to Devontae Smith, 23 yard gain, first down, jump starts another Eagles drive. I think it was their second drive for a touchdown in the first half. So, you know, those are good things, good positive things you want to see from Jalen Hurts. Um, as far as like a negative, the running game, the way they were able to run so effortlessly in that fourth quarter on that final drive. You know, I know they ran the ball 33 times. A couple of them were kneel downs at the end of the game. But, man, I wonder why they didn't try to do that more. And and I don't know why, if you're struggling to run the ball, you don't throw in like a Trey Sermon, kind of a change of pace guy. Sermon against Jacksonville had the two carries for 19 yards. Big, powerful back. Looked really good running the ball in those two carries. He got three snaps the entire game. Didn't touch the football at all. You know why, if you're struggling early to run, you don't try a little changeup like that. Kenny Gainwell only had three carries. I mean, it was just Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders running the ball, and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more early on with a changeup and try to get that run game started instead of waiting until that final drive. It's like, my gosh, where was this? You know, early on, where was this in the second start the second half? So you know that's a criticism, but uh one one thing that's also concerning if you're running hurts look at what's going on in the league now you know that teddy bridgewater hit where the nfl said that an nfl spotter said they saw him stumble and he ruled him out of the game and there's no video highlights of that so when you have hurts that's running the ball if he gets up and shows a little wobble or maybe loses his balance and some nfl spotter says hey that looks like a concussion he's coming out that's You know, you could lose Hurts for for a football game if, if that's what happens. So you have to be really careful now if you're Jalen Hurts when you're running the football that, you know, you get down, you don't absorb a big hit and, you know, take the decision out of the Eagles hands and put it in the hands of an NFL spotter who says, hey, man, he can't play. He's got a concussion. So I would like to see the Eagles offense on the running game develop a little bit more than just Jalen Hurts. I know he likes to make plays with his legs. But you want this kid fresh in November and December. He he keeps taking these hits, and, you know, it's going to take a lot out of him as the season goes on, I would think. I'd like to see him get Trey Sermon involved. Man, this guy's a big guy. Let's go. Let's let's see what he can do. Let's do something more than just Jalen Hurts, sweep left, sweep right. I like to read option stuff, but, you know, let's give it to Sermon and get between the tackles and see what we can do on the ground with him. So, you know, those are just the little criticisms the running game. But overall, man, I'll take you take the win any way you can get it doesn't matter how it looks that when you look back on this it's like okay 2017 what happened in that game again Oh, I don't remember okay let's just keep going and you know see where this season goes so you know uh, I like I, I like the win I thought it was a really good gritty win and a tough place for the Eagles to win in the past.
0: When the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, I didn't really enjoy it that much because they barely beat the 3 and 13 Giants on a 61 yard field goal. So I had to turn off the Super Bowl and <laughs> not celebrate as much. Anyways, yeah. So exactly. that's a really good last criticism point you just made, though, that not many people are thinking of because we got to start thinking about this because Tua really started the conversation. If you watch these Roughing the Passer calls on Sunday and last night against, the Raiders and Chiefs, because the Chris Jones sack on Derek Carr, they called Ruffy the Pastor on, was complete BS. And yeah. so it was Grady Jarrett's sack of Tom Brady. Right. So, well, this is, I mean, I don't care what anybody says to me. This is just the response of how quarterback safety is being handled with the Tua situation. They're just, they're going all a little bit crazy now, a little bit more overboard because of what happened with Tua. And they don't want the league to look that way about their most prized positions. I get it. But you are right. You know, if he takes one of these hits a little too hard and gets a little wobbly, you're right. You know that the game's in the the Eagles' fate is in the hands of an NFL spotter who could get it wrong easily, right? Because Teddy Bridgewater's passing concussion protocol. So, I mean,
1: who's to say like even the NFL spotter doesn't have any personal biases or you know what I mean? Like, who is this NFL spotter? You like to hope that they're they're you know they have integrity and that they're doing it. That for doesn't the work right for reason. Vegas. Yeah. You, you you just don't know. And I just think it's another, it's a big hole in what the NFL is trying to do here with this whole, listen, I, I get it player safety and all that, but you know, there have to have to be other mechanisms in place to determine uh-huh. if you're going to yank your quarterback out of the game uh, for something you think you see when there's really no footage that on the, at least on the Teddy Bridgewater hit that documents him wobbling, you know, he rolled over, he was on, on his all fours for maybe a second, you know, just, and, collecting himself and then he stood up and he looked fine and that's when they took him out so you don't want that to happen to hertz um you know that would be that would be a bad look for the nfl if they keep doing this with these quarterbacks you're taking the best player that a team has out of the game um for something that they think they might have have seen And, and hertz does like to run the ball and You know, you hope he can bounce back up. He prides himself on bouncing back up. He says he always tries to bounce back up when he gets hit. So, but if he's slow to get up and he doesn't look quite right, you got to worry that, you know, he's going to be done for the game.
0: We're only that. I mean, everybody's probably listening around thinking like, okay, you guys are just worried about hypotheticals. Like let's, let's, let's face that bridge when it it comes, but he missed two games last year and the ankle kind of really did affect him going into the postseason against the Buccaneers. So these aren't well I, don't, I think these are very fair criticisms to have or at least worries to have in the back of your mind you have to have it no matter what with a mobile quarterback you know this is we got to go back to the michael vick and you know the early diamond manabur when those guys would get hurt because they used their legs to win a lot this is where we're at our quarterback uses his legs to win a lot so you, you know he missed two games last year it could happen ed's Know preaching to the choir here about something that we're not really worried about that we should be worried about. I think it's a great point. And you know, another great point is we all love the Wentz to Ertz connection. It was automatic, it was always you can rely on it. You know that's where he was going with the football. And you know, if you know, you knew Ertz was always Wentz's first read. It was a great connection. We loved it. Huge fans of it. You know what connection might end up being better, though? Or I mean already looks. Uh, I think it's perfect already. Hertz and Goddard. I mean, every time Hertz, Ed, you, you get we gave Cri- Goddard all that credit for that third down and eleven. What about Hertz? He threw it off his back foot and had two guys barreling down on him. I mean, and that pass is as accurate as you can come to Dallas. Goddard, their chemistry is the best on the team. Is the best on the team by far from a pass catching and uh, standpoint. I know A.J. Brown and him are great. I know what you're saying about the Devontae Smith thing. That was nothing but chemistry right there too, but. Every time Hertz gets Goddard the ball, Goddard has the opportunity to make the play. Every yeah. single time. I'm even thinking about that post pattern Um that he dropped. Who was that again? So was at home that Goddard dropped. And uh, Hertz, oh, Vikings. He delivered it yeah. right in the breadbasket, yeah. right in that post pattern, and, and Goddard dropped it. But every pass, Joe and Hurts shows Dallas Goddard is right on the money. It's on a rope. And it gets Goddard the opportunity to get yak. What he does best. He's one of the best. If he's the number one tight end in the NFL and yak, folks. So he is one of the best at doing so. Yeah. I mean, that connection. I think I. You know, it's going to sound crazy because again, Ertz and, and Wentz were very good, and their numbers back it up. But I do think Hertz and Goddard have a chance to be better if they played together as long as those guys did. I really do.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen. Wentz and Ertz connected for 116 passes in 2018. I don't think we'll see Goddard, not in this offense, catch 116 passes. But, uh, you know, it's a good point that, you know, he's able to get Yak. And I wonder, does he have more space to operate in now this year? Because defenses now have to worry about two wideouts to defend, not well, just Devontae Smith. So, you know, that's a, maybe that's something I'll explore in the locker room this week when I see Dallas at his locker is asking him if he thinks he has more space because I know they do a lot of screen throws to him, so you hope there's space. But I think a, a reason for that is it's like, how is that so wide open, the screen pass to Goddard? How is it able to go for like 8 to 10 yards, if not more, each time? And that's because I think the receivers are running the defense off and not paying attention as much to that little screen, and that's giving Goddard room to operate. So – You know, he does seem to have more room to operate, and I like the connection that him and Hertz are developing. And, you know, getting back to that throw on third and 11 that went for 16, another thing you like to see from Hertz is the growth he showed on that play. That was designed to be a completely different play, but he got to the line and he saw what defense. He read the defense, Connor. He actually read a defense. Imagine that. He read the defense, saw that that play that they were in wasn't going to work. He checked out of it, checked to the throw to Goddard, and there you go. Growth from Hertz on a big uh, moment in the game that he was able to see what what the defense was giving him, and he m- got into a play that was advantageous and it went for 16
0: yards. Against a good defensive coordinator, give your props to of a former head coach in this league who is yeah. a mainstay in Arizona right now ahead of their defense. He's a great defensive coordinator. I mean – that's a good point, Ed, because I remember the whole entire Bucks game at the Bucks game. We have a quarterback that can't read defenses. Well, he's reading them just fine right now, folks, and he's doing a great job doing so, and that just made a great point because without that play, I don't know if Cameron Dicker makes a 53-yarder. I don't know. That'd be a big situation with a lot of pressure on him. So yeah. I'm glad that they didn't give him the opportunity to do so because the quarterback made the play that he had to and the tight end got that extra yak that he's known to do so throughout his career. I mean, even even before the space opened up this year, he was always a yak monster. You can't bring Dallas Goddard down on initial contact. So, right. my question for you is now: the Eagles, the longest they've had a franchise quarterback since Donovan McNabb, is Carson once, and it was it was short and sweet. It came and 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 winced with Carson. They had the Foles Gold, the <laughs> Bradford Bundle. <laughs> Just trying to figure out some names or the back really though. They went through Vic, you know, the resurgence of Vic that was a flash in the pan. And they just haven't had, I mean, you know, they had the mystery of Cobb. And they went through all these things at quarterback that you had your hope in it, and then it quickly faded. They really need this hope to last Ed, It's been a long, long time since they consistently had a franchise quarterback. And yes, you can count Carson Wentz, but I'm telling you, I need more than five years. Yeah, I need more than five years to consider that my long-stay franchise quarterback. That's not long enough. Five years is not long enough. Vic almost got to that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Nick Sirianni has said he doesn't know what Jalen Hurts' ceiling is, um, so who None knows?
0: None of us do. None of us do. He proved that this year. We all thought that he he's a limited – I hate when I hear it all the time. I was watching NFL Live last night after the game from Night football, and they're talking about Panthers replacement head coaches, and I know John McMullen himself brought up St. Seichen, and they didn't bring up St. Seichen's name verbatim, but they brought up coaching from the Philadelphia Eagles staff because they're winning with a limited passer in Jalen Hurts. Enough of the limited passer stuff. <laughs> Maybe he was, but well, he's making passes right now that I never, I didn't know Jalen Hurts could make, to be honest with you. Or yeah. consistently make. Excuse me. I know he could make him, but I didn't consistently make him at the rate right he's doing now. The, the, everything's just yeah. it's just unlocking. I don't understand what's so hard for people. You know, Ed. It's crazy. I'm saying this, but we got lost at some point in evaluating quarterbacks where we thought they have to look like Tom Brady or a pocket passer. Where okay. we we're we're not used to this unorthodox style play that Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, and Jalen Hurts have implemented. We're not. And we still don't know how to evaluate it. We're proving it right now with Jalen Hurts. We still have the national media not, not figuring out what he is. If it just works, and it just went, I, I feel like I'm saying this again, but if it just works and it just wins and you can't stop it, then embrace our own orthodox play style and keep rocking with it. And that's what the Eagles are doing. And they're five and zero because of doing so. And the Panthers won the MVP because of it. And so did the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. So, criticize all you want talk about how you think he's limited you think you can do this you think he can do that that's fine but you're wrong and he's a young quarterback that's only getting better just as all young quarterbacks do Joe Burrow went through it Lamar went through it Justin Herbert went through it Jalen Hurts is going through it yeah well you know listen
1: Hur- Hurts is a, a unique cat there's no question I mean right now he's got more touchdown runs than he has touchdown passes there's no quarterback that's ever done that through the course of a season but maybe Hertz does it. I don't know. He's got six TD runs already. He had four touchdown passes this year. So six runs for uh, passing. He had two really nice, you know, fourth and one or whatever, uh, you know, one yard runs for touchdowns against the Cardinals. You know, he's got that ability because so much is made of his ability to squat. You know, he can squat like 600 plus pounds. He's got strong legs. He's able to move a pile, two nice touchdowns against the Cardinals, but now he's got six and four passing. So you know, that, that's what he is. Who cares how they score? Just put the ball in the end zone, no matter how you do it.
0: No, the objective uh, of the NFL is the score, so.
1: You know, but listen, he had 16 touchdown passes last year and 10 rushing touchdowns, okay? Only a plus six differential. When he started in 2020, those four games, he had six touchdown passes and three rushing touchdowns, so a plus three. So, you know, we could see a quarterback for the first time in NFL history have more rushing touchdowns than passing. I don't think it'll happen. You know, I think that it's much harder for a quarterback to run for a touchdown than it is to throw for one. But uh, that's just kind of the unique cat he is. And, you know, but you want to see, you know, his game evolve a little bit into more of a passing uh, threat than a running threat, because he's going to get older. Players that are going to come into the league are going to be faster and stronger than he is. You know, if you talk about five years, let's let him be the franchise quarterback for five years. He'll be 27, 28 do you think he'll still be as effective at running the football at that age when you're playing against defensive guys that are coming into the league at 21, 22 years old? I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. He's so he's got to evolve more into a passing threat. And I think he is, I think we're seeing an evolution and a step in that direction. I mentioned his completion percentage earlier. It's on the uptick. Um, You know, I, I mentioned him reading the defenses earlier. Yeah. He's getting better at it and that should continue to uh, ascend. So yeah, he's taking steps in that direction, but that's what you're going to need to see from him. If you want him to be your franchise for the next five years, you say, then yeah, he's going to have to evolve. And when they talk about him being a limited passer, I'm not sure limited is the right word. I think it's just kind of an evolving passer. You know, he's, he's kind of evolving as a passer and that's what you want to see. Because if you're looking at him, if you're looking to give him a long-term contract, you want to see him stay healthy. You want to see him become a passer more than a runner. And and we're seeing that. Um, but right now just enjoy it. You know, you're seeing a quarterback do things that no quarterback's ever done by scoring touchdowns with his legs over his arm. And, and again, and like you said, he's putting his team in position to win each week. And that's what you want.
0: Well, I think, cause I, you know, I've seen this debate on Twitter and I do agree with it to an extent, but if you go back and watch the old 22 of these games and you see these rushing touchdowns that he has, these teams aren't, are giving those opportunities up to him though like the this is a whole different this is in the Eagles last year where you sacked the box and dared Jalen Hurst to throw it you don't want him to throw it because they have A.G. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field that's really what defenses are playing though Ed that, yeah. he's taking these rushing touchdowns as his opportunities because those are the opportunities that are there he knows he can make them Yeah, because it's not like he's just immediately taking off and running A lot of these rushing touchdowns, he's not. He's surveying the field and seeing that, okay, nobody's open. I got to make a play, especially in the red zone. There's a limited, limited space back there. Mm -hmm. And that's where he's really getting these rushing touchdowns is in the red zone. And if the defense is playing the pass in the red zone, which they are, they're respecting his ability to throw the ball and they're respecting the Eagles' weapons, you're going to have to run. You're going to have to, especially when you're that great a, as a runner. Honestly, the best runner on the Eagles is Jalen Hurts. So <laughs> these last five games, I've always taken time to go back and watch the all 22, and I will be honest, I focus on the scoring drives. That's where I really hone in on is these scoring drives. And every yeah. single time, not every single time, 90% of the time that he's rushed for a touchdown, it's because the opportunity wasn't there to pass it, and he did made a split-second decision to run because the lane was open. I'm fine with that every single time, as long as you're surveying the field. And he is. And the defenses are respecting the fact that the Eagles have a top wide receiver in A.J. Brown, a great wide receiver in Devontae Smith, and a top five tight end in Dallas Goddard. As you should. As every defense should. Because if you don't respect it and you try to play for the run against Jalen Hurts, he's going to pick you apart with his arm now.
1: Yeah, you mentioned those runs coming inside the red zone, and I'm thinking of the the ones that he made like outside the red zone, like the 26-yard run that he had against uh, – was it the Vikings, I think? It was
0: the, the Vikings, yes. Man, that, that,
1: those yeah, those runs were so fun to watch. And then last year against the Saints when he goes to his right and then stops on a dime and cuts inside and leaves uh, – I can't remember which defender it was out there in the dust, the uh, Saints defender, and then he goes it's in. defensive end,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean – just twenty-four yard runs. So that you know, those runs are so electric and so fun to watch and enjoy. And I don't understand why fans think, "Well, you got to throw the ball. Like right? You can't run it all the time." But it, just enjoy them, man. Enjoy that that kind of electricity. Where are these fans
0: with I I I don't know. Maybe you did. I don't recall this at all. I never heard that criticism with Michael Vick.
1: No, I know. I mean, I just I I don't get it. Like you know, the I guess some of the Jalen stuff. That people were really down on I haven't heard from those people I used to get you know messages on my Twitter you know criticizing hurts for this that will never be any good and this is last year and I haven't heard from them in a while and you know it's pretty obvious why I mean he he's literally shut them up I mean he's just doing things that you like to see from your quarterback and you know we all say oh gosh it's still early it's still early but you know, it's getting later every week and, you know, he he's won his last eight regular season games, which is the longest active streak from an NFL quarterback. And now he's going to be put to the test da- against Dallas. Of course he hasn't. Uh, I don't think maybe he's beaten Dallas once. Maybe he hasn't. I have to, I have to research it. It's still early in the week here. We'll, we'll get so- into it. I'm sure at our preview pod, but uh, you know, he, now he's got to keep answering questions, you know, cause they're going to be out there. And the minute he stumbles, the first time, you know, he doesn't play up to what, we've seen people are going to come out of the woodwork again and criticize him.
0: I'll just tell those people right now, when you go open up a uh, dictionary and you search the definition of good quarterback, it defines the terms of single caller that wills his team to victory in every single game they play. And that's the definition of Jalen hurts because I'll even go back last year. You remember that game against the giants where he threw three ugly, ugly, yeah. ugly interceptions. That yep. game was hideous from him. But what did he do, Ed? He put them in position to win still. Despite yep. all his flaws, despite all the troubles he caused that game, say what you will about the Giants back then, the Joe Judge coach team, I don't care. I don't care. That Super Bowl team, the Eagles, they beat a 3-13 Pat Shermer Giants-led team by a 61-yard field goal. I don't care. Right. He is willing his team to win. Even when he fails, he's willing yeah. his team to win. It's that it, You saw those signs last year, and now this year, they're only blossoming even more, they're like Nick Sirianni would say. The yeah. fertilizer is there. <laughs> so when you look up the definition of a good quarterback, the, they define it as a single caller that wills his team to victory. And that is what Jalen Hurts is doing week in and week out for the Philadelphia Eagles. Even when they lose, he puts them in position to win. It's because Jalen Rager either dropped the pass or something on the other side didn't work out. It wasn't because of Jalen Hurts, even though he'll take the full blame for it. It wasn't just because of him. So when you want to criticize the quarterback, just remember, just remember, Carson Wentz wasn't always willing them to the victory. And you know, he threw some games away. I haven't, I haven't seen that from Jalen Hurts yet. Sam Bradford threw games away. He wasn't willing the Eagles victory. I haven't seen that from Jalen Hurts yet. You no, know, we yeah. can do this all day. I'm not gonna do it with Nick Foles because he did I thought Nick Foles always put the Eagles in position and went.
1: Yeah. And and you do that too by not turning the ball over. And and Jalen Hurts oh, has done a good job covers. at that. No fumbles, only two interceptions. You know, obviously the pick six you don't like to see. Um, but
0: uh I I mean that's a bing bang play. I mean, that's a doesn't yeah, It's a in the rain, pass it's in a
1: crappy field. But listen, I mean, whatever it is, I mean he's gonna turn the ball over at some point. I
0: criticize him way more for that Thompson interception, though against Arizona that that's there should never been made but you know interceptions happen Ed I know they they don't pick sixes in the Super Bowl
1: sure yeah I get it um but that's one thing he's doing well is he's really taking good care of the ball through this 5-0 and start is you know only the two picks he hasn't fumbled the ball away
0: um he's just doing a real nice job ball security wise that's how you continue to win football games you don't turn the ball over and you stop the pass right and that's what the Eagles are doing and that's why they remind me so much of the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. I do think that this could be the next 2013 Seattle Seahawks, where you don't give them enough credit. They continue to win. They went 13 and three that year. I think the Eagles can go 13 and four with this rest of the schedule. I do think it's possible, especially since they're five and zero right now. They lose yeah. four more games the rest of the season. I think that's pretty. Uh, that, I think that's very attainable. And then they didn't oh. get the respect they deserve. They go to the Super Bowl and they shut out the record breaker. So,
1: I mean, listen, he's they- not in them.
0: They can go six and
1: six over these last twelve games and still finish with eleven wins. I mean that they've that's what they've done with this start is they've you know they've increased their margin of error, if you will. Like you know they're not going to go seventeen and zero, but they're not going to go six and six either. So if they do go six and six, it's eleven wins. So I think you're looking at at least twelve wins,
0: maybe thirteen, like you said. I don't know. Before I go, guys, before you think this comparison is so crazy. Please look it up for yourselves. Go look what that. Go look at the 2012, excuse me, 2013 off season for the Seattle Seahawks. They brought in Cliff Averill like Hassan Reddick. You know they they secured Brandon Browner to be the cornerback too, again, alongside Richard Sherman, James Bradbury. They had the nickel corner in Jeremy Lane, who's a lockdown guy who was just coming into his own. Monte Maddox. You know I don't think Marcus Epps and CJ uh, Chauncey Ch- gardner Ch- Ch- johnson are. Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, but damn, they're doing a great, great job, and they're definitely kind of um, huge factors in the reason why the Eagles are top five pass defense too, as well. They got it, Ed. They have these pieces that, and you know, Eric he didn't really work out with them for that well, but during that season, Percy Harvin was a playmaker for uh, Seattle Seahawks, and they acquired him for a first round pick. AJ Brown is a playmaker for the Eagles. I mean, I'm telling you, there's a lot of parallels to that team. And I think they're going to follow the same method and be as successful as those teams are too, as well. I really do. Will they win a the Super Bowl? All right, I'm not going to go that far, but I think they're a Super Bowl-contending team with the way the roster is built on paper. And if you compare it to that team, I'm telling you, draw the parallels. Listen to this episode. Go do it yourself. Draw the parallels. There's a lot of parallels to be had there. It's it's really interesting to see. All right, guys, we'll be back for the game preview episodes. Dallas Week. God, my soul needs the Eagles to beat the Cowboys. I really do. I really (laughs) need them to finally beat them. We'll be talking about it later this week, preferably Friday. So we'll see you guys then. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.